Yeah. yeah. I'm going to check on David and Raza. How are you two doing? You okay? <laughs> Man, life is hard. <laughs> life is hard. It's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's hard out there, man. <laughs> yeah. everybody. Welcome to A Life in Six Songs. I'm your host, David Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Carolina, who also happens to be my wife, uh, and my childhood friend, Raza. Hey, hey. Hello. For those of you that are new to the podcast, each week we embark on an epic adventure to find the songs that are stuck to us like audible tattoos that tell the story of who we are and where we've been to help us figure out where we want to go. It's a life story told through six songs. So let's go have a listen together. Our guest today is Dr. Tyler Calabrese. Tyler is a licensed psychologist involved in a variety of practices from VA evaluations to therapy to psilocybin clinical trials. With music being such an integral part of every facet of his life, Tyler co-founded and organizes an annual art and mental health event called Speak Your Truth, which seeks to stop the stigma of mental illness by having a variety of different artists, including musicians, share their struggles with mental illness. Tyler, welcome to A Life in Six Songs. Thank you for having me. This is a real treat. Been excited for this since I first caught wind of it. So great. Yeah. We're we're happy to have you here. Carolina, take it away. Sure. Super happy to have you, Tyler. Like we're all pumped as we read through your answers to the questionnaire and and looking at the songs that you picked and the very personal memories tied to them. Um, it was very clear from reading uh, your answers that music plays a significant role in your life. Uh, and so we'd like to kick things off with with asking you just what role music plays in your life. Great question. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think most people you know, would, would say that music is a big part of their life or like that music is a religion. And uh, for me, I think that's definitely the case um, in the sense that, you know, it's something that... Um, you know, gives me hope and gives me, um, you know, gives me solace when I need it, gives me energy. Um, it's something that, um, I wear my sleeve, like people wear their crosses. I wear my, um, Robert Gage shirt and, you know, rep my Colombian hardcore band or, um, <laughs> and, you know, I tithe, you know, in terms of supporting the musicians through record stores, through direct pay for the artists, going to shows, merchandise, um, and, you know, something that, you know, it's sort of a bridge to um, when I go other places and connecting with different cultures. So, yeah, it's like a religion. Yeah. Don't wow. tell my grandma I said That's... that. Don't tell my grandma I said that. That's hilarious. Um, I'll be sure to email it to her. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's um, it's important and it's key. And sometimes 
we attach ourselves to those things that, that drive us or hold special places in our lives at, at fairly young ages. Um, so to, to kick us off, uh, we'll start with our first song and, and prompted question. What's a song that reminds you of your parent or, or guardian or foster parent? All right. Um, great question. Uh, one that uh, I, I, I definitely was tried to answer, you know, Rorschach style, projective test style, like kind of what first came to mind. <laughs> um, you know, I had one for, for my dad as well, uh, Pink Floyd, Breathe. Um, but for my mom was was definitely uh, Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Uh, for whatever reason, I just remember so well, like as a kid, just cruising around with her in the car and um, that Whitney Houston, early 80s was, you know, top of the charts, uh, a, a constant presence on the pop radio. And um, and she loved Whitney, and Whitney was, uh, um, I don't know, somebody that she kind of gravitated to. It's like, you know, like a, a strong woman and, you know, somebody who, uh, you know, my mom had definitely been through you know, some, some challenges in, in her life as well, like like Whitney had, and, you know, mm-hmm. different ways, of course. But, um, yeah, that, that song kind of stuck with me, and... We were at just the, the reason why it really resonated. We were at a family wedding in uh, in Kansas, where my uh, where, where she grew up, and she was around a lot of her family. And you know, she just was was so happy listening to that song, and you know, was dancing with me. And it it, it was crazy. I just I, I felt so emotional that I like w- was crying on the dance floor <laughs> listening to it because it just um it made me happy to see her happy and like, you know, that it, it, it seemed to bring up, um, you know, some good times in, in her life, some simpler times and yeah. Go Whitney. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take a listen. Yeah. does it feel now listening to it again yeah i i mean i'm just like instantly put put back there um yeah i, I don't know yeah it, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful moment mm. yeah and yeah, i mean whitney you know stayed beyond that uh you know the bodyguard soundtrack was like one of her favorites too and that was like oh that yeah. cd was just psh, like <laughs> everywhere we went that thing yeah. was blasting yeah, when I was uh, you know, uh preparing the songs and stuff for the for the podcast, um, you know, hearing this one again, it just one, it just like rocks. It it like, you know, instantly put me in a just a good mood in that way. Um, but very much like you said too, it it's it it definitely just brings you back. Like it you're instantly transported to, you know, riding in your mom's car oh, or yeah. you know, watching MTV or something for sure. Big time. And I don't typically gravitate to that 
type of music, but I, I don't know. It just, it, it kind of hits for me it, in whatever reason. I, I still haven't seen the movie. I mean, I'm, I heard it's great. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> well, there's your homework for the weekend. Yeah. I there feel you go. Like the bodyguard just does not get the credit it deserves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just saying. But I'm a the, Kevin the, the movie, fan. the album, like yeah. the, the whole, the whole picture. Curly. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. That was actually, um, I, I wasn't a Whitney fan. I remember, um, I remember the movie. That was actually my first exposure to Whitney Houston. Hmm. I think it was probably like ten or eleven at the time. Um, and and then and, and 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 Kevin Costner. I think that was his next movie after the um, the Robin Hood movie that he did. <laughs> Mm, <laughs> so it was mm-hmm. a complete Prince of Thieves. Oh my God, yeah. Prince of Thieves, yeah. Off of one. And one I remember watching like the previews and stuff, and I was just like, wow, it's that you know, it's a dude who's playing uh Robin Hood <laughs> in a completely different role. And I remember they were they were trying to at the time they were trying to make parallels between um Whitney Houston's character and I think Mariah Carey, hmm. who was like the up and coming, you know, star oh. at the time. I think Whitney was definitely much more established at that point. Um and yeah, that was a great movie. You should definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah, got to. And I just, I, I, I heard and, from someone recently that said, you know, a lot of times when someone says they haven't seen a movie uh, that like is a, a one everyone said, it's like this thing. Oh, how can you not? Why would you? <laughs> and, and and the this person was saying like, switch that. So rather than make the person feel bad, be excited for them. Be like, oh, I'm so yeah, excited. You get to it. see it for the first time again, you know, and that and have that first moment. So, right. Yeah. 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 No, I think. Yeah. Like Carolina said, you got you got some homework to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, just and, and, enjoy. I mean, not not. Not to turn the, not to turn it around completely, but you know, fast forward to obviously more recently, you know, after after Whitney passed away, um, so Kevin Costner, I think he delivered either the eulogy or he made some sort of a memorial, um, you know, with with her with her with, with her funeral party, um, and I remember I think either someone who's a bit younger than me, I remember them just asking, you know, why Kevin Costner of all people, right? <laughs> they obviously hadn't watched the movie. They, they didn't right. realize that there was a connection. You know, that was mm. Kevin Costner's connection uh, to Whitney. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think most people think of Kevin Costner as like the dude from Yellowstone now. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. it's like, no, no, he's, yeah. he's yeah, he was he also goes back. He was actually the bodyguard. <laughs> Don't get water world. <laughs> right. He's been training for this. It wasn't the pop life. star. It was the bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool though. And, and I think, um, talking about how you got emotional years later like at a wedding so you're you're much older now at this point you know kind of dancing with your mom at the time um it's always impressive to me how songs still like come back to i don't know like punch you in the gut in that way and i i joke i I teach workshops and stuff and we talk about Mm -hmm. kind of relating back to being a kid and feeling included and stuff and i'll joke and say like we're all just taller children right? Like we're still (laughs) carrying the things and those like emotions and memories and attachments to our parents and things. Mm -hmm. And so I have to imagine even as an adult, like you're hearing it and you're in this really happy moment and it just like a wave or something kind of hits you. And I'm like definitely a sentimental crier, like, you know, weddings, (laughs) like, I don't know. I think, I I think it's all the like psychology work and all like the, just the tough things I hear like that when there's something positive and sweet, I like, I don't know. That's how I, (laughs) 
Oh, that's, that's super great. interesting. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Yeah. That's a conversation for another time. Cause right. sorry, that happens to me too. Like, <laughs> I worked in emergency medicine for a bit. Like I've seen oh, some stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't cry but like somebody like wins the olympics or gets a medal or gets like honored in some way and i'm like Ugh! like i'm yeah. a ball of like a mess and it's like a happy thing yeah interesting mm -hmm. um yeah uh so I'll, I'll move us i'll fast forward us ahead a little bit um all right you know thinking about um you know just transitions like this this the song you had earlier was a childhood memory but it sort of seemed to to still hit you in adulthood even though you're you are in a totally different place in your life um and so this next question kind of you know addresses those transitions what's a song that you typically associate with a, a weighty transition in your life yeah in another one of those songs that it was like uh like just so many answers I could have given for this, but <laughs> again, trying to go projective psychology test style and come with the first thing that, that came to mind. Um, the, a band called H2O, it's like a positive hardcore band. Um, they did a song called Truth Within. And they, at, at the time I was, uh, I was finishing grad school, finishing my doctoral program and wasn't sure my prospects were going to be, um, my wife was was pregnant you know i was very nervous about that and you know on, on paper you know I, I should be be confident but I'm definitely somebody that gets riddled with self-doubt with, with anxiety and um you know, I, I think i was looking for you know something to to give me some inspiration so like going to my scriptures like going to you know my music catalog and i think this i want to say the cd like fell out of a cd case in my car and i was like oh wait i remember this song and i at the time a lot of the stuff i was listening to was like more um i don't know like more party kind of rock and roll garage rock stuff like didn't have this kind of message and i found this song um and it, it was just, it, it was so encouraging for me. And like, it, it sounds like a little bit cheesy and um, with, with like the, the lyrics, but I think that this type of music is about that, about like just trying to, uh, you know, tap into some inner strength and be positive and be hopeful. And um, I mean, it did the trick, you know, definitely gave me a boost. So, uh, let's uh, up. Let's take a listen. We'll yeah. talk about it some more on the, on the backside. Raza, Raza went somewhere. Raza I was at the last <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was going to go ahead and ask, like, how does it feel? Listen, but I could not because Raza was like in some sort of zone. <laughs> oh, my God. The drummer is ridiculous. He's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. No, Tyler, please, um, you know, tell us wh wh where does that song take you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember specifically um, like when I when I popped it in, it was like after a uh we, we had like a baby shower and um you know just all the the, the anxieties and the worries about it, everything swirling around in my mind and i was by myself in the car and popped it in and 
you know, just felt felt a lot better. You know, felt a lot more uh, more confident and like you know to kick aside all the the negative cognitive distortions that you know were swirling around in my my mind and you know tap into um, you know uh, some of the strengths I have. I love that term, positive hardcore. I, I mean, I've definitely. So I'm just to give you a little bit of uh, background. I'm sort of like the resident metal guy on the. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was, Actually, I was catching Dave that. and I bo- both yeah. are, and and and, and um, but yeah, but so I, I definitely have heard of sort of my share of you know hardcore music, punk music. This is definitely more on the more punky side, but but I, I hadn't heard the term har- um, positive hardcore before, so. Maybe maybe let's start Me there. Let's, uh, that's yeah. um, obviously it has a positive message, but yeah, th- um, yeah. tell uh, uh, tell us about that. What uh, how, how do you define positive hardcore, and how should we think of positive hardcore? Ooh, I, I don't want to be the spokesperson and get uh, a, a deluge of uh, ba- the backlash. floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> how uh, how from, do from you the, uh, from the punk and hardcore community yeah. about how uh, do you understand? Yeah, yeah. and I, I, positive. I some hardcore. people would would count H two O as like as that type of band. Some some people not. But um, yeah, we, when you get in the weeds of the, the sort of subgenres of of music, um, you know, there's um a blend of, of hardcore that's a little bit about more uh, positivity. That's a little bit more focused on, um, um, you know, kind of a straight edge lifestyle, animal rights, a kind of positive, uh, progressive social changes. Um, that's yeah. everything in, in song, in, in song content, typically, um, around that versus like there's some hardcore that's a little bit more, angry and aggressive and there's some stuff i listen to that just sounds like you know the gangster rap version of uh of that's my mom <laughs> uh the gangster rap version of uh of, she of knows we were talking about right right <laughs> so i i guess that's maybe the simplest way to sum it up yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. i had never heard of it before so we'll say, don't come after Tyler in the comments. Um, <laughs> right. This is his interpretation. Yeah. Right, right. And if anybody does, they're in the wrong because this right. is a judgment-free <laughs> podcast. That's the whole point. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that is uh, uh, going to be very like informative for, for some of the listeners, right? Because the whole point, this is not a positive hardcore focused podcast or a metal mm-hmm. podcast, right? It's 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 genre non-specific right um and so i think some people that might not be into you know punk and 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 uh hardcore and things like that might think that everyone's just angry as all hell and just wants to you know destroy and break down that's of course out there um Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um knowing that this is out there and and you know music of this style can have these, these messages, I think, I think is really valuable for people to people to know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Toby, who's uh, the lead singer of H2O, uh, he, he has a great podcast called one life, one chance. And yeah, I think he has like a charitable, um, uh, outreach arm of that too, where, you know, he has people on the podcast that, uh, you know, have gone through some challenges, like a lot of folks that are in recovery, uh, from mm. addiction or have mental health issues to, um, you know, put something inspiring out there and, you know, really sourcing people from the music industry in particular. So he's still doing, That's awesome. you know, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Within. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I go ahead, Raza. I was just gonna say, I'm, I, I've noticed that more and more, um, especially like 
with um, with the heavier sort of uh, you know music genres genres that you think that are more aggressive sounding I think to the layperson but but obviously to us more sort of you know uh, uh, more schooled individuals who might think that no there's actually like a really positive message I mean I can think of it, everyone from like Gojira recently Seether uh, even Metallica has a, a, a you know not for profit a non profit uh, arm of their you know behemoth uh, organization but 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 a lot of um, hmm. i'm noticing that more and more um that that heavier bands bands that are that people think that might be more aggressive they they are doing a lot of good work actual good work taking action getting a good positive message out there and and supporting you know multiple variation of different types of causes i mean everything from like you know, uh, mental health issues, suicide prevention, veterans issues, you know, homelessness. Um, I know Metallica's uh, uh, um, foundation to support music, music education, instruments, um, feeding the uh, feeding people that don't have access to food. Um, I think that was one of the. I, I thought it was amazing. I mean, they pretty much every every uh, every one of their tour stops. You know, they have catering for their entire you know crew. And there's oh. always leftovers. What do you do with these leftovers? Well, you right. donate them to local organizations, and there's a huge, um, you know, huge Im- impact that they're having. Uh-huh. But it's really, really good to see, again, music that that folks might not associate with positivity doing actual work toward positive change and social justice and things like that. So, yeah, big time. Love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're actually backing it up. They're not just singing about it. They're actually living it and doing it right yeah. um yeah uh but before we move on i i can see carolina you know wanting to move us along maybe um <laughs> keep us in check here um uh <laughs> but uh i i, I do want to say one one other thing just about this this song and kind of more of you know the, the podcast itself and and you know me you know starting it and, and doing it because you know that line in in here that you mentioned, um, you know, only afraid of knowing all the things I could have done, um, you know, as, as someone, you know, with PTSD and, and, you know, has, has been on the journey of trying to heal from, you know, that, um, that, that was really like moving to me, you know, you sort of said the CD fell out and it's sort of like the CD chose you. I feel like, like that kind of hit me and chose me too, in a way. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to thank you for being open with it and sharing it because it, it just, you know, it, it really, uh, hit me and, and, you know, just made me connect so much more with it. So I just wanted to say thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, if that's the name of the podcast, that's working. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, I feel like a, a lot of times with themes of, of transitions and weighty transitions, sometimes there's, um, David, to your point, that kind of grief that can come from wondering what could have been or, you know, alternative, you know, futures that that aren't um, and kind of grieving those moments. But songs that kind of uplift you and make you feel like it's going to be okay, you know, despite whatever the transition or what's weighing heavily on you or, um decisions you need to make like that's always pretty cool and and i like that the cd chose you i think that's pretty <laughs> awesome <laughs> um 
and I've learned something new today because I did not know about positive hardcore and I'm not the resident uh, metal hardcore listener <laughs> of the three hosts. So I appreciate the new perspective. Um, and it tees us up for our next question too, which is pretty cool. Right. Uh, what is a song that um, opened up an entirely new perspective for you and how? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another one of these questions that just so many, so many answers I could have gone, but uh, the uh, one that the, really jumps out is a song called resisting tyrannical government by a band called propagandi it's a canadian punk band um at at the time i I was listening to this um i was freshman year in college and i don't know how much uh you guys had this experience of you know kind of being exposed to new political views and um you know, just trying to make sense of that from like, you know, your experiences and, and you know, your family of origin. Um, and, and this was one that really helped me solidify my, um, my, my worldview in, in my, my politics, because, you know, progressive politics are, um, more so in, I guess, like the altruistic element of, you know, the a focus on trying to help others was something that, always really spoke to me and um my parents who were like more on the republican side would had different perspective in the sense of well we help others like you know we we donate we like you know are like very involved in, in um helping out in the community with their work and outside of work um and it was in, in this sense of well you know why why are you complaining about about the government why are you complaining about um you know this capitalist system that's you know provided so well for, you know, our hardworking family and for other hardworking families. And, you know, this, uh, this, this song, um, I, I don't know if you want to just cue up the, the lyrics because <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I, I think it made everything click. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a listen and then we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it on the backside. Don't we plant a mechanic virus and erase the memory of machines that maintain this capitalist dynasty? And yes, I'll recognize the irony. The system I oppose affords me the luxury of biting the hand that feeds. That's exactly why privileged fucks like me. Feel obliged to whine and kick and scream Yeah, till everyone has everything they need That's Damn. awesome <laughs> Yeah, like like some of the whole <laughs> Smash the State stuff Like I, I listen to it now and it's like Oh, like there's people doing that I don't, like that's I'm not really what I'm about Like in theory, yeah when, uh, So like that part, but uh you know the element of like you know should feel like to be privileged but still you know it it be your your you know your mission to like raise a fuss and make a stink to help other people who aren't in that position um that you can have it both ways (laughs) you know that you can um you know be grateful you know for the people who helped you get where you are and supported you to give you a good existence but also you know, it's your job to try to help other people get there too. So yeah, they, it, I had yeah. to do a, uh, like an introspective 
paper in my uh, my master's program, a clinical psychology program, and it was uh, you know write write about lyrics that impacted you. And I just went on like a two page tear about <laughs> about that song. And the professor was like, "What is this song? Like, how did you hear this?" So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always it's always one of these things. I I like love when an artist expresses something like perfectly in like 10 seconds with like the perfect choice of words. I love it, but it's also frustrating for me at times because my grad work was in philosophy and social political philosophy and ethics mm -hmm. and things like that. And so they just summed up that worldview in like 10 seconds. And I've written like, you know, 80 page papers and stuff to try and do it. You know, people are writing books about all of this stuff. And it's like, there it is just boom, perfect. Because it's that thing of, like you said, it's not just about like the sort of like, let's just tear down the state. Right. And, and just without much else to it. Um, it's, it's really getting at that nuance of like, no, like, because we've, we've, we've achieved something, we, we are in a position of, of success or wh whatever you want to call it. That's exactly why, right. We, we should be, should be doing this. So yeah, I just, yeah. Love the line. Yeah. Good. I'm glad it resonated with you as well. <laughs> I love that you talked about, um, I heard something about, I, I fully understand the irony of me talking about this stuff um, mm. as someone who's mm -hmm. probably benefited from it, but, but, you know, don't take this as me whining about it. I'm trying to do something about it. That was, that was cool yeah. too. It's very uh, self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've obviously like become more, you know, moderate in my political views, but, um, you know, I, I think that's like what your early twenties and late teens are all about is, you know, kind of giving that fire in your belly to, you know, try to influence you in other parts of your life, like in a more, I guess, <laughs> reasonable type yeah. of way than mechanic viruses that <laughs> destroy capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. part of the journey, isn't it? It's like when, 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 when you're a teen, it's like you do have a very sort of limited view of what's going on. You might see, you know, stuff on, on the news. You might have parents that have a different political view because they've experienced, you know, the whole journey, but, but they might not have explained it in a certain way or, but I think part of the journey is for teens to have that sort of fire in their belly hopefully go to school or, or learn about, about things from a broader perspective. And then maybe over the course of a few decades, start to maybe temper those things and kind mm -hmm. of meet folks in the middle somewhere and um, hopefully not become completely passive and, you know, uh, jaded and whatnot. But, but yeah, it's, I mean, I remember my views have definitely changed over the years and now, you know, with kids and everything, it's like, well, you know, why? That's what I was going to say. When you have kids, that provides a whole new perspective. Whole exactly. Different perspective. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool that, that this memory uh, gave you a different perspective. It was kind of tied to those like formative college years because it, it resonated with me. Um, I think I shared on my podcast uh, on my episode, I, I'm, I'm an immigrant. I didn't become a citizen until I was like 19. And I was so excited to vote. Like I was uh -huh. so excited once I became a citizen that like, that was the thing I could do, but I had no real education in my house about 
American politics, you know, it took a while for my family to become citizens and and they didn't really vote, you know, things like that. Um, So I learned from my political science class in like my freshman year. And it had like, I remember there was a page that had like a list of like Republicans feel this and like Democrats feel (laughs) this. And I was like, huh, you know, like, all right, I guess I got to choose one of these. And the Republican side was kind of like, you know, like, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and hard work and like accountability and all that stuff. And I was like, well, that feels responsible. Like, okay. (laughs) I'm a Republican. Right. And I voted, I think I I graduated from college, voted uh, Bush the first time. And then I think life said, hold my beer. Let me teach you some things. And then I was like, (laughs) completely switched parties, but like, yeah, your, your view changes so much from, just such a young, like, you know, you're so young in college, haven't really yeah. done a ton yet, seen a mm-hmm. ton yet. Um, so I wish maybe I would have been exposed to more music and less poli sci. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that would maybe more talk digest- me more. More digestible, yeah. right? Literally, it was like a it was like a table with like pros, cons, and options, and I was like, yeah. that one feels right. Yeah. <laughs> like choosing your choosing your elective yeah. <laughs> in school. Yeah. yeah. No, so, yeah. so more education made you vote more conservative. That's interesting. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> or, or conservative, quote unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was business school education. Hmm. Oh, of course. For what it's worth, capitalism. Right? Yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. 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 Adam Smith. My, my taxes. Finance professor ran like a hedge fund or something. Like this was the, the, the table was skewed. Like clearly, you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then you like go out into the real world and, and see how things really shake out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Health insurance costs money. Oh crap. <laughs> the hell happened to my paycheck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and I, I give uh propaganda credit cause I mean, in the nineties, which the, the, you know, the punk was, you know, it was, it wasn't a lot of it wasn't all that political, um, you know, and the, the, bigger indie labels and they, their album like just had a lot of like poignant stuff that you know i think was ahead of its time in terms of criticisms mm-hmm. of globalization and um animal rights and um uh you know kind of awareness around like um uh like homosexuality and you know abuse like just just stuff that now i mean people are just sort of accept and are talking about but at the time was just so you know so out there <laughs> right like so fringe so mm-hmm. right i mean the common refrain back then was like no no talk about politics at the dinner table right it was like like we just don't you know discuss that stuff yeah how yeah. How, how times have have changed mm-hmm. unless you know in your house you're still not talking about it at the dinner <laughs> table, but um but i think it's cool and i think um the more you're exposed to things you realize it is sort of the artists out in the world kind of, you know, pushing that envelope and challenging society to do better, and, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And such an important role for mm-hmm. society, right? The artists, right? People that <laughs> I was going to say are free from some of these things, but you know, we're all underneath it, but their, their, their chosen path gives them the freedom to, to express these thoughts and connect with us. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to quote it again, to wine kick and scream till everyone has what they need, which is super cool. That was the other reason I laughed and I said that was awesome. Um 
when I teach workshops about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we talk about privilege a lot because mm-hmm. it's, it's a must and, and necessity. And I was like chuckling at like, maybe I should just play the song. Like, this is what you need to do. Your privilege. I yeah. was like, this is so yeah. cool. Oh, that would be epic. Once, <laughs> if, if you end up getting another job, your last workshop, like when you're up in New York talking to the hedge funds and stuff and talking about diversity, just pop this song on and just, just see what happens. Yeah. I'll just oh, run God. the lyrics up the thing and then they'll escort me out with security and that'll be it. Right. <laughs> that'll be it. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, moving us ahead from like, idealistic, inspiring, really cool social progress and, and those things. Um, there's there's sometimes a, another side to, to music. Uh, sometimes there are uh, challenging or difficult memories, songs we struggle to, to listen to or get through. Um, and so I'll pivot us a little bit and ask you about a song that you struggle to listen to um, or need to even sometimes turn off because it, it's just a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I've said with the prior three songs like you know just so many um <laughs> ones that uh that, that that come up um the the song somewhere out there from uh an american tale i don't know who the mm. artist was and they like it was like people bryson or somebody did the mm-hmm. luther vandross maybe did like the you know the studio version of it but uh mm-hmm. and linda ronstadt did the studio one I want to say. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Served me correctly. We anyway. looked it up. That was not sitting in there. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was from getting preparing for, for the show. I did not just yeah. know that off the top of my head by any Yeah, case. keep them honest, Carolina. <laughs> yeah, um, totally just threw them under. Yeah, right. I guess at um I, I, around that time was well, maybe not too long before there. Um my my family had moved from living with um my my mom's parents um and living around them in uh in kansas you know i was very close very attached to them growing up and um we moved to pittsburgh and uh i, I just i missed them terribly and um went and saw american tale with my mom in uh the theater in squirrel hill and uh you know i mean the the movie i mean it's just about him being separated from his family and um somewhere out there like i was just you know five-year-old boy crying in pittsburgh like that's not a good look in the movie theaters <laughs> um but uh but yeah like one of those that um uh, still gets me let's take a listen everybody we get your to. tissues ready we have to <laughs> you can take your earphones out if you want uh, all right <laughs> Uh, caught me off guard. 
I guess, yeah, I don't know how long it's been since I've listened to that. And I guess that's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll give you a minute for, for folks who, who are not familiar with, with the movie. It was um, uh, an animated, uh, I don't even know if it's Disney, but an animated feature came out in the eighties, mid eighties. And it's about this little mouse and his family and they are emigrating <laughs> from Russia to the United States and somewhere along the way they get separated. Um, and so this little kid, the little baby mouse needs to, you know, find a way to reunite with his family and it's like heart wrenching, right? It's an immigrant story. It's a tale. <laughs> and we wanted to make sure to not give the radio studio version, but the movie version, oh, yeah. because it's a child singing. Like I was yeah. telling David, um, I think Frozen and, and other movies, it's adult cast members singing as their child characters are. But this, you can tell by the way, this little kid's voice cracks. It's child singing. And yeah. so like, Yeah rough <laughs> yeah yeah and um <laughs> i i um yeah i love my grandparents a lot and you know i they, they still live in kansas and you know i see them you know a couple times a year and like still when i when i leave them i uh i i, I get emotional you know, and i uh you know i tell my kids like hey like <laughs> it, it's all right you know and when they, um, you know, my kids sometimes when they leave my parents after they've been, you know, they they get sad and emotional, and I'm like, hey, I, <laughs> this, I, I know how you feel, you know, yeah. like just uh, you know that uh, like growing up, you know, in the '80s in, in Pittsburgh, um, you know, showing emotion, you know, mm. sadness. We're not crying after you know losing a football game. That's that's okay. Um, you know, it's not a uh, not an okay thing to do, you know, be a, a P word. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, was, so, mm-hmm. um, but you, you know, men still feel emotion, you know, usually it gets transferred into anger and that's way less healthy. Um, so you know, I, I feel like nowadays the tide is turning and, you know, men can talk about, um, emotion and, and be emotional in a safe space. Like, in, in a more acceptable way, because I think people just saw that it was it was un- unhealthy, you know, just sort of stuffed down, <laughs> you know, all, mm-hmm. all the the negative emotion and only show anger. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, this was another one I hadn't heard this song since probably like when I was you know <laughs> single single digits um, in age. Um, and so, you know, just, uh, uh, again, in this way of, um, you know, kind of the universe giving you what you need or whatever, or something like that. When I heard this, yeah, just, I, just like you immediately started bawling. I was, <laughs> I was able to keep it together now. Cause I've listened to it a number of times over the last couple of days preparing for the podcast, but, um, no, the first few times it was just ba- like, people talk about Bambi as the movie that gets up. Like, no, to me, it's American tale. I remember <laughs> watching it and just being like wrecked by it. You're just like, you know, so much. Um, and, and I share that again to say like, um, you know, I've been on this, you know, healing journey the past few years of, of trying to, you know, heal from, you know, PTSD. And, and like you were saying about men and, and whatnot for, for 15 years, I 
you know, realized I wasn't really feeling emotion. I think I had cried maybe two or three times in the time in like 15 years. Um, and, and at weird times too, like when my dad passed away, didn't cry, you know, just like, it mm -hmm. just wasn't there. Um, and now <laughs> as I've been getting better, <laughs> I'm like crying all the time and stuff. And, <laughs> and it's, it's tough because it's like, like it's that open. thing. Like, like you said, you, you, you want to hold it in. Cause you're like, no, got to keep it together. Got to hold it on. Got to, you know, suck it up. Don't be a pussy. And you know, the, you know, gotta, gotta do it. And so you got that thing where it's like, Oh, I don't want to do this. But then it like, it also feels so good to like feel. And you're like, this is I'm reminded of that Seinfeld episode where it's like, what's this salty discharge? <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Yeah. So again, um, again, that is just to say, uh, thank you for another good song that, that yeah. I connected with. So, yeah. Well, well, thanks for, uh, you know, <laughs> give me some solidarity there. <laughs> totally. I was right there with you. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what, why do you guys think that is, um, the, um, men crying, men showing emotion, things like that. I mean, I'm a man, I'm just asking cause I cry all the time on a dime. Um, but but I, I'm I'm really curious as far as do you guys think that it's like um is it is it is it a cultural thing are we are we are we are we noticing sort of um like a cultural shift and maybe recognition about you know male emotions and how um obviously we know that not not showing emotion if you're holding stuff in at some point it's going to blow up in some way it has to come out um, but I think I'm, I'm really curious and maybe Tyler, you might be a good uh, person to explain that from a professional standpoint, but is there just, is it just like the recognition of that? Um, is that just, we're, we're talking more and more about it. Is it just like, is it just because it's high time? Um, do we have, um, obviously, you know, we've like, as in, in America, men have been through a lot, you know, especially vets, veterans, um, you know, wars definitely change things. They have a generational impact. We know mm -hmm. that, but yeah, I'm curious what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Why, why is it that we have a better understanding and recognition of it now? And, you know, how do we navigate that moving forward? Yeah. Um, Great question. I, I mean, I think it's probably a, a, a confluence of, of different factors. Um, I, I mean, I think for one, mental health awareness has just uh, you know, gotten so much more prolific. You know, it's it's it, it's everywhere now. And you know, we're talking about podcasts. Like, how many of the podcasts I listen to are sponsored by BetterHelp? And it's you know, men saying, "Oh, just very glibly, I, I do therapy and help me." Blah 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 figure some stuff out. Um, I, I mean, I think that has a, a lot to do with it. And I mean, I think people realizing, you know, I think there's this you know conversation around toxic masculinity. And I mean, I think that's a, a loaded term, but I think there's, you know, there's a, a lot of, there's some elements of truth behind that of like, you know, men just kind of stuffing down their, their emotions and not having healthy ways to deal with emotions and that leading to anger and, uh, acting out, substance use, and all, all kinds of terrible stuff. Now, like the suicide rate for for men, you know, especially middle aged men, was like the highest of like any any groups, right? But I don't know the, the numbers. I should, but um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know, 
again, probably probably a number of different things. I think there's some communities that still, you know, have that stigma more than others. Um, the, there was a, a rapper that that did uh, Speaker Truth this this year named Stan Kells, and he did a song called War Cry about like more so in the black community about like this this very issue of like you know stuffing down uh, emotions and mm-hmm. then you know kind of coming out in uh, unhealthy ways like so. Uh, I got put a plug in for Stan Kells and, you know, check out his stuff on YouTube <laughs> and uh, Instagram. Cause yeah, I mean, this song was just, uh, I, I think captured that in, in such a good way, you know, and just like for me as a psychologist working with, you know, people from different backgrounds. Yeah. I, yeah. There's definitely, you know, some cultures that, you know, still, um, battling that harder than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, what's been, cool to see and promising and hopeful for me as you know uh now somebody older who's got kids and my friends have kids and um is is watching my my friends become fathers and the kinds of fathers that they are like i think this generation growing up now in spaces where they're encouraged to feel all the feelings and it's okay to miss and grieve and cry and Mm -hmm have healthy outlets um, makes me super hopeful because that was not the case. You know, I'll just speak for my household, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't the case growing up. And so to, to see like just the break in, in generational curses and challenges is super cool to yeah. see. Yeah. 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 And awesome. just going, um, you know, I appreciate Tyler, you bringing up, you know, toxic masculinity and, and these terms because it's, it's, you know, there's a misconception, I think, out there about people hear toxic masculinity and they take it as describing men as toxic, right? right? right. Like that's, right. that's what men are toxic. Right. And it's like, it's no, it. there's all kinds of masculinities out there. And the toxic one is one kind and right. it's a bad one because of everything you described. Um, so yeah 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 i just really yeah i appreciate that and so yeah cool yeah (laughs) um so that was a struggle obviously and and hard to listen to Mm -hmm. uh but there are songs that sometimes help pull us out of difficult times and situations right they give us hope they lift us up um so We'll we'll transition to that. What's a song, Tyler, that's helped you through a difficult time or situation? Yeah. Um uh to skip the preamble. Uh Ronnie song by uh by Tim Berry was uh was definitely one of those that got me through a, a, a tough time. Uh Tim Berry was his lead singer of a punk band called Avail and um you know, I just caught wind that he was doing this more um like kind of folk Americana countryish type of stuff. Not really anything that I, that I listened to. I usually kind of avoided that stuff, but uh, I was like, hmm, okay, let me let me check out what what he's got. And um, and and it was just the most raw, gut wrenching songs that were um, I mean, just like like a punch in the gut. Um, and one of the songs was was uh, Ronnie's song was about losing a friend to suicide and it was about um just uh just things that you know he didn't like that was going on in his, in his hometown and just trying to make sense of that and um at, at the time i was listening to that i was uh 
it was like just finally getting my head above water after finished up grad school and um, getting licensed and you know having kids and um, during that time I, I had a lot of losses uh, to people with, uh, with with people with opioids um, you know family members um, and, and one of my best friends from growing up uh, died like you know when my last years of, of grad school and I don't think I had time to really process that because I was just had my head down was just you know grinding constantly and like that was like this you know confluence of times again where I was could kind of come up for air and you know wasn't extremely stressed and overwhelmed and then you know listening to this music it just um yeah got me very emotional and um kind of made me want to want to do something with with that pain and um you know kind of drove me to to you know try to find some healthier ways to you know to want to give back or um maybe do something positive like with just out of all like the hurt that's all with um you know people like in my sphere who were affected by you know mental health and addiction and kind of wasn't too long after that that you know, I joined NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and was on their board of directors and kind of doing stuff outside the office to try to make you know, some bigger change around mm -hmm. mental health awareness. Um, and then Speak Truth kind of evolved from that. So, yeah, it, and the song was just, yeah, again, like the album, so, so powerful. And I, I wrote to Tim Barry and I was like, oh my God, like this, <laughs> this, this, this was so good. Thank you for writing this and you know he wrote nice. back like a very gracious response and like i mean what good fan service I, yeah oh, oh that's, that's awesome. cool yeah so well let's uh let's uh take a listen yeah still i walk this town hoping to get lost somehow it seems by now though I've smoothed the path in every sidewalk It's all painted black and gold Black tar where once stood homes Gold in the hand of each student-based franchise Come on, brother, let's make a list Of all those gone that we still miss Let's make a list of what they believed And we still do Like living first and working last And beating the day before it's past Like what's mine is yours, man yours is mine I think I'll stay here getting older and angrier and getting louder with each passing day and think about old friends and all that I have learned from them they may have moved on man 
someday How's it feel listening to it now? Good. Oh uh, yeah. I mean it takes me right back. Yeah. It, and again, nothing else in my music catalog was anything near that at, at that point, <laughs> you know, with sure. the old punk, metal, um, you know, some hip hop reggae, like not like a sad folk country song. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think just it, it, it just a powerful emotion and like you know, just with, with the lyrics sort, sort of summing up these uh, these experiences, not a hundred percent, but you know the essence of it of you know missing friends of you know feeling you know disappointed with what's going on in your in your hometown and you know wanting to stay and feeling guilty for leaving, but you know probably better that you mm-hmm. <laughs> aren't, aren't around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna check on David and Raza. How are you two doing? You okay? <laughs> Man, life is hard. <laughs> life is hard. It's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's hard out there, man. <laughs> yeah, especially what the music does. It lets us know we're not alone in that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's about all we can do is like not be alone. I, I think we've all mm-hmm. done a lot of moving around, uh, leaving mm-hmm. people behind, leaving places behind. Mm-hmm. Um, struggled. Um, hopefully, are are on at least on the path to something better, something um, that makes a difference, you know, with ourselves and and the people around us. But yeah, shit's hard, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, <laughs> go ahead, Razo. I was just gonna say <laughs> that, and then I think we just got done talking about the whole ma- you know male angle of it, and and yeah, I'd be lying if I said that. As 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 a father, as a as a man, you don't feel certain obligations that I'm not going to say that are like above and beyond, but but I I certainly grew up in more of a sort of a traditional household, and um and and there's definitely you know roles and 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 um and and, and pressures and things like that that are specific to being a dad and having those res- responsibilities um and those obligations not to take anything away from from you know the better halves in our lives um but yeah there's there's definitely at least 50% of the struggle so i just i would i'd like to take a minute to acknowledge the 50% that's all <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's it's um I like that song. It's good. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, usually try and do about 30, 30 seconds to a minute of a song. And this one, I was just like, no, you know what? It's my damn podcast. I'm going to play more because it's that, that good. You know, there was just points that I'm like, I don't want to cut that line out. I don't want to cut that one out. So that's what we're going with. But yeah, just, you know, this, this is one I didn't know about before, you know? So like just, you know, in, in, in starting this podcast, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to get exposed to some new music and stuff. And it's been, been happening. And just in the like most wonderful ways possible, because like this song was just, I I feel like I've said this after every one of your songs of like, (laughs) thank you for giving me this song. But this is another one that's been that way because just some of the lines in there, just, you know, Mm -hmm. of, of like, 
uh, trying to like try, I forget the exact line, but he's like, I'm trying to find a sidewalk. I haven't worn down in this town and I, and I can't cause you know, I've, I've walked everywhere and just that I want to get away from all of these things, but don't. And just, you know, like Raza said, you know, life is hard. And so like just hearing it, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really great. Yeah. song. thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I could feel it got you. Cause normally, like you said, it is 30 seconds. And for those listening, just the audio and not watching the the YouTube version of the podcast. David's got his eyes closed and he's, I'm like, Oh, we're just going to keep going. Like you were just <laughs> in like, a deep trance of this song, um, which is pretty cool. And Tyler, I love that something really awesome and beautiful came out of your experience with this song. Um, we'll cue up your, your last, your sixth song, but it does tie to uh, your organization and we a hundred percent want to learn more. Yeah. Um, so I'll tie that up first and then, and then we'll talk about it on, on the other side, but what's, what's been your most moving live music experience? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I guess what's, what's fresh in my mind is it was speak your truth. Um, because you know we that was just in in july and um music was was a big part of that and i usually have some sense of like what people are going to do um what people are going to perform you know it's artists like kind of familiar with their work and um one of the the gals that i invited her name was carly winter and i I saw her she was doing a uh music event for this project called hi how are you it's uh kind of to honor the memory of Daniel Johnston, who was a, a famous musician who had bipolar disorder. So she was performing some cover songs for him, but so I knew she was like kind of aligned mental health wise, but that was about it. And I knew that she would be an advocate and like say some kind of words about mental health. Um, but she gets up there and th- this was kind of later in the evening. And she, she said, well, I was going to do this upbeat song. Um, but you know, I heard everybody else kind of, you know, being open and being vulnerable, it made me want to do, um, you know, this, this heartfelt song called, uh, called chemicals, uh, in, you know, I I won't get into her story, but she was open about like just some, uh, you know, some really challenging parts in in her life and didn't realize that she was in high school. Um, and, you know, just had this, uh, uh, you know, this pretty, pretty awful experience, um, (laughs) in school. So, you know, she, she was, you know, very emotional and vulnerable and the whole crowd just like pretty much burst, burst in, in, into tears. And, and I think, cause it just resonated with everybody to a certain extent about, you know, that those you know, tough times in, in high school mm-hmm. and, and can relate in some way, shape or form. <laughs> and, and her song just, uh, just knocked everybody's socks off. It, it, it was so beautiful. I was I was one of the the masses that was emotional from from that one. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I don't know if you're able to yeah. pull up that song because it's probably not really even yeah. released or recorded. Yeah, because she's you know yeah. new and Alone. and exploding. Yeah, it's right. uh, it was tough to find some stuff, but there was some things, and I found a song that kind of has the same kind of feel to it. So what yeah. we're going to listen to is her song uh, "Drug Dealer's Daughter," which very much goes along with that same feel and very much of "Speak Your Truth." Cool. So let's take a listen. And I know that. Don't ask me where my. Still 
It's almost 4 a.m. You could be home, but I'm here alone instead. The priest can't bless your heart when you deny the holy water. Will I always be? Will I always be the drug dealer's daughter? Oh, 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 oh. Will I always be the drug dealer's daughter? I, I hadn't heard that song. I, and I don't know if that's autobiographical. I, I don't necessarily mm. think so, but uh, right, I, mean, I think right. she's a great <laughs> storyteller. Um, and Chemical certainly was um, more autobiographical. Um, yeah, it, it was one of those that so many people were like, wow, if there was like an A&R person here, she would be like, like just nice. <laughs> it was like, well, where were you when you first saw Carly Winter? Performer, man. <laughs> like, that's I right. Yep. I was right there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that that was definitely a uh, a very moving one because I, I it, it definitely caught me off guard. I was expecting a little like kind of cheery pop tune and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there's a thread with your songs that you picked, and it's I feel like less the the melody or the instruments or the music and more about like the, the songwriting hmm. aspect. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I, I'm not a musician by any means. Like, <laughs> so like when you guys are talking about the like drum leaded, it's like, you know, way <laughs> over my head, but uh, you know, I'm not necessarily a writer either, but I'm a psychologist and, you know, a man of words. So I think, yeah, that the emotional content probably, you know, really resonated. And, and mind you, I, there's a lot of music I listen to where you cannot hear vocals at all. It sounds like, you know, Cookie Monster or dog barking or something. But, uh, you know, some vocals don't always make a difference. But yeah, yeah, yeah I would say the ones that like, psh, like really get to me probably, you know, the lyrically heavy ones. Yeah. Well, these are all heavy too, just in a different way. <laughs> Right, right. Heavy subject matter. You're right. right. Yeah, got to yeah. go listen Heavy to lyrics. some Cannibal Corpse after this to relax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was on, on the jams last night. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But um, um, sorry, David, go. Oh no, nope. go ahead. Nope. Just- um. I'll ask you a question real quick. Yeah. Uh, so, so you mentioned hearing this live um, at your at. At the at the festival, do, do you want to do you want to maybe talk more about that? Maybe the yeah. sort of premise behind it, and uh, you know, for the for, for the audience and for mm-hmm. and for the co-hosts. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'd love to. So you know, as a uh, good promoter, I'm wearing my speaking oh, there you <laughs> shirt. You know, <laughs> love it, love um, it. Yeah. So it, uh, in uh, in 2017, um, my my colleague David and I were we were on the board of directors with with NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and we were tasked with making a uh, some sort of fundraiser. And then somebody said, well, "Why don't you do a 5K?" You know, those were popular; those raised a lot of money. And, and mm-hmm. we were both uh, not real hyped on that. We kind of felt like that was too devoid from the message, and we both kind of went off and brainstormed and both kind of had this idea about an art and mental health event. And at the time people thought it was, you know, kind of a harebrained idea and just like, how, how was that going to work? Um, and 
and, and somehow it did. You know, we just along the way were meeting people that were kind of tuned into this. Uh, one of the the, the co-hosts, one of the co-organizers, uh, Malcolm uh, Justice, a genius child. He's a uh, an MC and a producer, and like host a, a big open mic uh, recurring event in Annapolis. You know, he had been his family had been friends had been affected by mental illness so he just you know was quick to jump on it as well and um you know the arts community in annapolis is is extremely supportive and close and goes to bat for each other and i'm just lucky to be doing it in a town like that where um you know just the cooperation and the buy-in from folks really helped it you know grow bigger and bigger every year so you know, you know we had I don't know, maybe like 40 different speakers this year. Wow. So, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's awesome. And, you know, people, uh, you know, just are, are encouraged, you know, by, or feel inspired by, by coming and like give us a lot of good feedback. So it's just it makes us want to do it year after year. So, appreciate the opportunity idea. to, you know, plug a little bit. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. We'll link it down in the, the show notes and Appreciate stuff too. It. So people can find the info about it. Great. Yeah. Hairbrain idea one naysayer zero. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take that 5k. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, no, that's, it- that's such a, such a fantastic idea. Um, you know, um, engaging people, having, having artists come in and, and I mean, just like your t-shirt says, speak, speak your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, fantastic idea. Yeah. I'd like to support hairbrained ideas more, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think someone yeah. called the iPhone a hairbrained idea, right, too, at right. some point. <laughs> Early adopters. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to do this internet thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Tyler, is it, is it just music artists or spoken word or visual artists? Is it like an array of, of yeah. different artists at yeah. the event? It's, it's a big tent. You know, we, we say speakers in, uh, in quotations. So anywhere from, you know, visual artists to, uh, to poets, musicians, of course, comics. We had a, a burlesque dancer for the first time this year and wasn't oh, sure nice. like, kind of how that was going to work. And it was it, it, it worked perfectly i mean she, she was in tears at, at the at the end of it and and wow. i was just <laughs> aghast like it was something that she said was kind of done to sort of transcend some trauma that she'd been through and so it, it just it, it stuns me every year to see how people kind of use their art and creativity to you know i guess raise awareness to either just get through it to connect with other people so uh, i love yeah. this passion project how do people find out about it or how do you like, do people apply to be part of it? And do you like review or is it, is it more like, I don't know if it was said before, like open mic where it's just anyone walks up or, you know. So I, I usually just <laughs> pester anybody that I have an inkling that's an artist <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I was uh, you know, on vacation with my family and there was a, a stand-up comic that uh, was, was talking about mental illness. And I was just like, you know, hounding him about doing it yeah. his name is graham yeah. k and he has some really good stuff about autism awareness so i'm hoping to pull him in on it um 
So yes, it's usually just me or my, you know, my colleagues as well, yeah. just pestering people <laughs> to be part of it. Yeah, <laughs> as the it, host of a new podcast, I totally get what you're yeah, saying of yeah. trying to <laughs> yeah. track and, and, people you know, we and have stuff. It in person, but then we, you know, have folks that, that can't be there in person, submit videos. Mm -hmm. We have like a kind of curated video oh, nice. of, of clips. So yeah, if you know anybody, send them my way. <laughs> send them yeah, your way. We'll do. So anybody Ooh. listening, go do it. Go speak yeah. your truth. Cool. Mm. Like it. All right, Tyler, we have gone through your six songs. Um, how does it <laughs> how does it feel to hear your life reflected in in six songs? Um th this was great. This was a lot of fun. Um you know, I I wanted to share this with with so many people and I did like you know some of the the questions cuz I think it's just such great conversation starters and yeah there were some kind of illuminating things that that came out of uh the, these questions with with other people so um I I really love what you guys are doing and um I'm really honored to you know for this to be my first podcast experience <laughs> Awesome yeah. nice so, you did a great job thank I must you say. Thank yeah. you. Um, in your preparation and in your just openness and vulnerability, because it's, you know, when I, when I got the idea to, to do this, you know, it was, it was this, you know, very much this sort of next step of like so many of the songs we talked about of like, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, think about all the things I could have done. And so it was mm -hmm. like, no, let's, let's do, do this. Let's, you know, I want to have these conversations. It's, you know, connect, reconnect with people and things like that. And so I, I just thoroughly in, enjoyed this, like these, these hour or two of just, you know, talking to you and, and being here is, is, is just the most present I, I have felt in a while and stuff. Great. And so it's just really great to just have these conversations and just connect with this music and yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. What well, you yeah. three did a, a, a great job of just making this whole thing feel feel comfortable and uh, to kind of get me in a place of, to be vulnerable, which hmm. you know, not always easy to do. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're not ready to let you go yet. Okay. No. Um, All right. We have our we have our lightning round. <laughs> lightning round. Uh, and it's just first concert, last concert, best concert. Okay. Go. So, uh, <laughs> first concert, Lollapalooza, 1995. Uh, that was the first one that kind of like nice. orchestrated myself <laughs> to get to and go. Um, uh, tremendous concert. You know, Hole was the, uh, you know, was the, the, the main uh, <sighs> nice. attraction. Yeah. And, um, you know, just being 13 years old and being exposed to everything that Lollapalooza <laughs> had to offer. <laughs> Nice. Go uh, home. Yeah, and I, and I, I met Moby, and he performed "Sweet Home Alabama," oh, awesome. and I got his autograph from my cousin, who you know loved Moby. So I, you know, she's an older cousin, so I felt like a cool, cool cousin being nice. able to get Moby's nice. autograph. <laughs> um, best concert, yeah, probably that one too. I mean, I mean, yeah. I think just like I, I've been to other, well, there's so many good good concerts, big and small, but that was, um, yeah, that that one, I think just making the biggest mark uh nice. last concert, yeah it's hard yeah. it's hard to come yeah. after that yeah, yeah for sure and uh, that's that's great because so many people's first time is not their best so yeah. there you go yeah <laughs> i'm sure i got dragged i got i got dragged mm. along to you know other <laughs> music events that i didn't necessarily want to go to but that was the first that i sort of was my brainchild right. um 
last concert was uh, two Fridays ago at a, a little venue called The Depot in Baltimore. Uh, shout out to The Depot. Um, but cool, uh, cool little kind of dive bar, metal metal venue. Um, I just nice. happened to like had to run my office in Baltimore and like caught wind that there was going to be a show there, and um, you know saw like three really good kind of thrash metal bands like in this tiny little place the size of this kitchen and had a blast. Oh. <laughs> it was ten bucks and you know, oh, that's so good. Yeah, it, and I mean, you know, got to vibe with the bands afterwards and stuff like that. So I love like a dirty, dingy little metal show. I love the fact that they're coming back because, you know, during pandemic, everything was shut down mm-hmm. and, and, and then now, you know, the things have obviously opened up, festivals are back, but I think the best thing about, about everything coming back is these little yeah. dive bar type tight, you know, you can smell like the wood and the rust and, uh-huh. and the sweat and everything. <laughs> You're not getting six feet away from everybody in one of those yeah. places. No. <laughs> yeah. Those days are gone. <laughs> and that was but actually the, the so first. Special. Yeah. It, and that was the first, like at that venue was the first indoor show I'd been to post COVID. So that was like, mm. you know, kind of a special place in my heart too. It was another one seeing, you know, good little local metal bands put on a fun show. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Here's to the little dive bars. We need them. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. All right, Tyler. So as we prepare to sign off um, from from our time together today, in the last couple minutes we have left, we'd love for us to hear and our audience to hear. Uh, tell us what you've got going on. How people uh, can get in contact with you if they're interested in speak your truth or or just you know connecting with you and getting to know you. What you got going on? Sure. Um, yeah. So again, main reason I'm here, plug in, speak the <laughs> truth. Uh, you know, already, you know, making mental preparations for, for next July. Um, if you're on Instagram, it's, uh, speak your truth crew. Um, crew, crew, C R E W C R E W. I don't know how my Pittsburghese made that, that sound. Yeah. C R E W. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the, uh, I don't have great, uh, SEO, with with the uh the website but um i'm sure you can google it speak your truth um annapolis uh there's a lot of content on youtube as well um yeah check it out so nice. let's know if you want to be yeah, a we'll, part of it for everybody listening we'll have all that in the show oh, notes no. so check yeah, them out thank you because again not good seo with it <laughs> <So>. <laughs> damn algorithms you got it so all right. Well, Tyler, um, I think I've said it a lot throughout. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, but really, wow. Like, um, you know, when, when, when I got the idea for this, I, I, I thought it would be cool, but you never really know. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, this is just far exceeded any expectation, you know, I could, I could have for it. So it was, you know, just thank you for, hey, for that. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah and and Carolina, right. I, I definitely enjoyed listening to yours. <laughs> and and I, I wanted to ask you, to, you know, David Raza, so many more questions. So I, I can't wait to hear your, your interviews as well. Great. Great. Yep. Yeah. We'll do. All right, everybody, uh, all you listeners out there, make sure, you know, Hey, if you like what you hear and you, you want to hear more like, and subscribe, so you never miss an episode mm-hmm. and always, you know, if there's someone you want to hear from, uh, let us know. And, uh, just like Tyler's doing with speak your truth, we're going to, we'll try and track them down and, and get them on the show. 
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace.